Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Judges, chapter 3. This is an interesting time in the life of the nation of Israel where there was no king yet, so God would raise up these judges or um, they're also known as saviors, those who would deliver Israel. This was a very frustrating time between God and Israel because as soon as he would deliver them out of captivity, and the reason they went into captivity to some foreign nation was because they forgot God and no longer acknowledged him. So then he let them have the, res- the, the uh, result of their choice, and so then they would go into captivity, and then eventually they'd get tired of living in bondage, and they'd cry out to God, and then he would raise up a deliverer for them. And this, this is the time of Gideon. It's the time of Deborah, the time of Samson, um, and uh, something, I think, uh, seven or eight judges along this period of time. But this is, uh, Othniel is another one. There's more than that. But this, we're going to see in Judges chapter 3, in one verse, in verse 31. Judges chapter 3, verse 31. It says, after him was Shamgar. Everybody say Shamgar. The son of Anath who killed... 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. Now, that's extraordinary, isn't it? You know, you can almost just read past this verse if you're just in your normal Bible reading, but there's a lot said here. Shamgar's not an everyday common name, and the last part of this verse really says a lot, and he also delivered Israel. In other words, he delivered an entire nation in that battle. He rescued them or he saved them from captivity. Interesting. He gets one verse in the Bible, O Shamgar. But he had great impact. Great impact. One verse. 600 Philistines. Now these aren't just your average everyday men. These are warriors, trained warriors, valiant warriors that he's going up against. And he has an ox goad. You know what an ox goad is? An ox goad is a stick with either a piece of steel that is a, comes to a point at the end, or they would just sharpen the stick enough to a point. And it was used to motivate the oxen along if they got stubborn and didn't want to plow anymore. So they would poke him with that ox goad and keep the farming going. This is what he had. He killed 600 Philistines with that. This is extraordinary. He lived a long time ago, Shamgar, about 3,000 years ago. So he's a farmer and he saves an entire nation. He took what he had in his hand, simple farm tool, and brought a great victory. His family is under threat. His nation is being invaded. And what does he do? What can he do in a moment like this? How something happened to Shamgar. Something happened to Shamgar. Something came on him that refused to be taken down. He refused to quit. He refused to lose. Nobody would bet on Shamgar in this deal. 600 to 1 odds. 
Hmm. You know, I don't know what odds are facing you today, but I have some really good news for you. With God, all things are possible. That's the good news. And God is on your side. And if God be for you, then who can be against you? Or in other words, it doesn't matter who's against you. With God. Say it, with God. All things are possible. So I've just got a few success secrets that we're going to pull out of this verse. Three of them, success secrets of Shamgar. Try to say that ten times as fast as you can. Success secrets of Shamgar. The first one is to start where you are. Tell somebody next to you, start where you are. Start where you are. He, Shamgar is not in a powerful position for battle. Amen. He doesn't have all kinds of influence, and he doesn't have training in war. This man is a farmer. He's out plowing. Wow. He's not popular. He's not famous. He's not powerful. He's a farmer. He had to just start where he was. You know, if you wait too long to figure out what you're going to do with your life, you're going to find out that you've already done it. So you have to start where you are. You've got to start where you are. Zechariah chapter 4, the Amplified Version says, with Who with reason despises the day of small beginnings? It's interesting how many people have dreams in their hearts but hate where they are. They're just waiting for the big break to happen. If somebody would just notice me, if somebody would just see the talent and maybe invest in me, or, or if this would happen, or if that would happen, but time's moving on while you're if this and if that. The key to success is to start where you are. It's not depending on your circumstances getting better. It's not about things being better. It's not if things were different or if you just simply had what somebody else had. No, it starts where you are. Start where you are. And then the second thing we see of Shamgar is that ox goad. He killed these men with an ox goad. The second success secret is use what you have. Use what you have. Come on, tell somebody. Use what you've got. Use what you've got. So you understand the situation like this. He's got very limited resources. And, but his attitude here in this speaks volumes of his response to his situation. I may not be in a powerful position. I have no real weapons of war. I'm going to start where I am. Here I am on my farm. I'm out in my field. The enemy's invading. So I'm fighting right here. This is where it starts. And I've got this ox goad, this stick with a point on the end of it. Going to use what I got. That's all he had. So you can't just continue to wonder what if I had more stuff, if I had more money, if I had more resources, I could do something big for God. I could, no, no, no. What do you have right now? Use what you have. You can't use what you don't have but you can use what you have. What is it that you have that you're overlooking, that you're minimizing, that you're deeming as unimportant? I think that happens way too often. We don't like process. We only just think 
I just need to get there. I just need to get there. I need to get to that finished product. But let me just remind you today, my family, God is just as much in this process with you as he is in the final product. All right? He's not down at the finish line waiting for you to catch up. Come on, dummy. When are you going to get your stuff together? No, no, no. He's right here with you every step of the way. All right? Every step of the way, he's with you right now. Amen. I said he's with you right now. Right now. God asked Moses, what is that in your hand? Comes to Moses in this most supernatural way on the back of the desert and speaks from this, this bush that's out there that's on fire, but it's not being consumed. And he's, Moses, Moses. And they start having this conversation, and then Moses is questioning. You, you want me? Are you sure you got the right guy? I'm 80 years old now. You want me to go, you're going to deliver Israel through me? You're going to help me take them all out of Egypt, out of slavery? And then God says, what is that in your hand? Well, doesn't God know what's in his hand? Sure, God knows, but he needs Moses to know what's in his hand. He needs him to acknowledge what's in his hand. What is that in your hand? He said, oh, nothing but a stick. He said, throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. Wow. And Moses ran from it. He didn't know what he had. He didn't realize he already had everything that was necessary to do what God told him to do. And when he did what God told him to do, when he threw it on the ground, the supernatural hit it. And then God said, pick it up by its tail. So he reached down and grabbed the serpent by the tail, and it was the rod in his hand again. But God would use that rod in Moses' hand for incredible, miraculous events. One of those you remember as he stood and held it up, standing on the shore of the Red Sea. Pharaoh and his army coming hard at Israel. And he holds it up over that sea, and the Red Sea split in half. He had another time take that rod, and he would strike a rock out there in the wilderness because they were thirsty, and water came out of that rock. What is in your hand? See, the miracle is not in what you don't have. It's in what you do have. The miracle is in your house. The miracle is in your hand. Amen. Use what you've got. Use what you've got. I mean, an ox goad? Anybody looking at this knows that he doesn't have a chance. Wow. But he took what he had. Shamgar used what he had. And it became a lethal weapon of mass destruction taking out 600 very trained warriors. Listen, don't be looking at what you don't have. Stop focusing on that. Stop wishing for something else. I'm not educated. I'm not smart enough for this. I don't have that. I can't sing like she can. I'm not this or I'm not that. God has given you something to win the battles in your life. He's given you every key to victory. All right? You already have it. When you acknowledge it and when you do what you can, and when you use what you have, you're going to see the power of God unlocked in your life. Listen to me. It's, 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 God is, I really believe God's waiting on us more than we are on Him. Really do. Because so many are just, they're stuck. They're parked in frustration. They're parked in discouragement. They're parked in confusion. They're parked in indecision. 
What you need to do is have faith in God. To believe that you have what he says you have and to know that you can start right where you are and to believe that's true. It's not about being somewhere else or marrying somebody else. I wish this could have happened. No, no, no. Shine all that. Where are you right now? This is where you are. And God's got a plan for you right where you are and with what you have. Oh, thank God. Where you are and with what you have. I was thinking about when I was 10 years old and uh, living in southern Oklahoma and the day the Lord called me to preach on May 30th, 1982. That's a day that I, I will never forget. It's one of the most vivid memories I have. Just being in church all the time. And Sunday after Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night prayer, Monday night, just make up a reason to be there. And and this particular Sunday I came in and I had a routine to have my eyes prayed for. I wore these big old glasses. Thanks, Mom. She made me look like, uh, what's his name? The, the sky is falling. Chicken little, yeah. Big old glasses. And I was the shortest, I was the smallest kid in my class. And uh, so I was a target of ridicule and stuff like that, which didn't help me very much. But So every Sunday I would come up when the pastor would have us come up and Anybody wanted to pray, they'd come forward and they'd pray with us. And this was my routine every Sunday. And this particular Sunday on May 30th, 1982, I came forward like any other Sunday. He prays his prayer over me, and I'm walking back to my chair, but then something happened. My mother says, can we pray for him again? And I've told you this before, but you know when a 10-year-old kid in southern Oklahoma hears his mom say, let's pray for him again, he thinks he's getting a miracle. Mom senses something. She knows the Holy Ghost. I kind of think she is the Holy Ghost sometimes. <laughs> she called our house one time, me and my brother wrestling all over. We're about 14, 15 years old, living out in West Texas, and house phone rings, and I answer it. Hello? Mom says, stop fighting. I was, Where is she? <laughs> Scary lady. She says, I want to pray for Eric again. So I'm pumped up. I'm ready to get my miracle finally. Yes. And then she finished her sentence. I've been having nightmares about him dying. Well, that's the last thing I wanted to hear. And so I'm like, well, this is not going where I thought this was going. And, and immediately fear came on me. Because I'm thinking, well, if mom's having this nightmare, is she, I mean, this, this is probably going to happen. Probably going to happen. I'm just telling you how my crazy mind was thinking at that moment. Fear is just so unreasonable. Fear takes you right out of common sense and puts you into insanity. And no matter what anybody says to you, no matter what's going on, you, just, uh, you, can't, you can't hear it. You can't. It doesn't register. Fear is just so unreasonable. And so I came forward, and then the pastor doesn't help very much. He's from old school uh, Pentecostal preacher, and so he had that vibrato with his voice, you know. I'll never forget him saying, Church, pray like you never prayed before. 
That scared me even more. That didn't comfort me one bit because the next thought is, what if they don't pray like they've never prayed before? It's on them. It's on them. Please, everybody be praying like you've never prayed before. What does that sound like? What does that look like? Well, I, in our church, it, it just meant loud. And they were loud. Boy, and they were praying over me. They were praying. My grandfather was there. My father was the associate pastor there. And they all had their people that loved me, had their hands laid on me. And I mean, they're preaching. They're speaking in tongues like good Pentecostals. And they're, they're praying over me and come rebuking the spirit of death and all this stuff. And, and all this, these hands are on me. And I'm just... But all of that happening, all of that happening is, is, is kind of blurry to me. It's kind of, it all kind of just fades out for a moment because something else happened in that. And this touch came on my head like this, just, just like that. I just felt it just like that. Now, everybody had their hands on me, but this was not the same thing. It was when it touched the top of my head, this warm feeling start shooting down through my body, like just tingling, metallic kind of, I never, I mean, it scared me so bad, I, I opened my eyes, and I said, Dad, and he looks at me, because I, I thought my spirit was leaving my body, I thought that's what that meant, I didn't know, I never felt anything like that, and I realized I was still on earth, still in this body, I said, I'm okay, I'm all right. And then I said, Dad, I'm supposed to preach. I knew it. That touch, it, it separated me from what I used to be and pulled me out. Well, okay, I'm 10. What can I do? What can I do? So I got the idea, I thought, well, I'll go talk to neighbors. And so I took this poor little girl with me named Dee Dee Harper, who had a, who had a wooden leg. And I said, Dee Dee, I led her to Jesus first. And um, I said, Dee Dee, you want to go tell people about Jesus with me? She said, yeah. So we started walking down those little country roads and knocking, and I knew Glenn Hutchins. Glenn Hutchins, probably not kin to you, Tim, uh, but Glenn Hutchins was known in Thackerville as the alcoholic in the, in the town. And um, so I thought, well, I'll go to Glenn's house first. <laughs> I know he's a sinner. <laughs> I, don't, I just heard people talk about him. I'd never even met him. And so I, me and Dee Dee and her, one, her wooden leg, we made it over to Glenn Hutchins' house and knocked on the door. And he opens that door, and this is the sourest face I've ever seen in my life. And he, what do you want? I said, um, Dee Dee wants to. <laughs> I said, I, I want to tell you about Jesus. I don't want to know about Jesus. Just the door. I'm like, well, there's the end of the ministry. All right. <laughs> no, and then I went to my Uncle Ronnie, my mom's brother, because at that time he was also a hell raiser, and and I uh, went, went to his house, and he was outside working on his motorcycle. And so I remember pleading with him, asking and begging him to come to Jesus. And he just kept telling him, I'm all right. I'm all right, Eric. It's all right. 
and I'm bawling. I said, no, it's not. I didn't know where that was taking me, but I just knew this calls on me. I've got to do something about it. My Uncle Ronnie did later on come to Jesus. I thank God for that. But you have to start where you are, and you've got to use what you have. Use what you got. And then the Lord can direct you. The Lord can show you. He'll guide your steps. Never in a million years would I have guessed at 10 years old or known what God would do with this call in my life, where it would take me. It's taken me all over the world. But my favorite place is right here with you. And to be able to impart the word of God to you is a great honor. He has given you everything that you need. Believe it's important. Know that it will sustain you and it will get the dream in your heart in your life. Choose to believe that anything's possible. Can I hear a good amen? amen. Faith, faith will produce things in you when you believe. Something happens. That it's like it, it, it starts to produce an excitement about what he's called you to do. It starts to, uh, to produce a passion in you and a, an enthusiasm about where you're going. Uh, faith is not quiet. Faith is not passive. Ooh, no, no, no. So it's got these characteristics about it. You know, you could, it's fun being around people who are excited about something. You know, somebody that's passionate about something. Somebody who's excited. And, and you, a lot of times you're just thinking, well, what's this person on? But every one of us have, have the ability I mean, you can be enthusiastic if you want to. You can be passionate. Think about, oh, Shamgar had to have some kind of passion in him to respond to these guys invading in that way with an ox goat in his hand. Something was fueling him. Something was pushing him forward. The belief that, hey, I might not do everything, but I can do something. And boy, did he do something. And boy, can you do something when you decide that you're going to get excited about what you're doing. Huh? Come on, tell somebody, get excited. Get excited about what you're doing. Believe God. Believe God and, and, and let that fuel that passion in you. To, because when you do, that moves you to action. It's not just, just wishing. It's moving you to action. Amen. God wants to use you, and he'll use you, and he'll guide you, but he needs you moving. He needs you taking action. You all right? I didn't mean to go into all that. Thirdly, lastly, you uh, do what you can. Say, do what you can. Start where you are, use what you got, and do what you can. That's all Shamgar did. Huh? God is not expecting you to do what you can't do. Just what you can do. Well, what can you do? Well, I don't have any talents. I don't have... Can you pray? Yeah, you can pray. Start where you are. Use what you have. Do what you can. Anybody can pray. Can I help you with, with this a little bit? I'm not talking about any prayer. I'm not talking about long prayers with all the right words. No, Jesus actually said, don't pray like that. He said, don't be like the religious people who think they'll be heard by their long prayers and their many words. It's not about that. It's not about the quantity of prayer. It's about the quality. What makes a prayer quality? What makes it work? What? It's faith, my family. It's faith. Jesus said, 
whatever things you desire, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Faith is what makes the prayer work. That you actually pray, not kind of rolling the dice. You pray because you believe you're going to get what you ask for. You pray because you know God hears you and you expect it to come to pass. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it. What else do we need to know except that truth right there? He'll do it. Amen. Ask, you will receive. See, you will find. Knock, the door will be open to you. Unfortunately, we've been talked out of faith by so much of our own reasoning, by, 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 by so much of our own ideologies and denominations, uh, de de denominationalism. It's just talked us right out of faith in God, just simple faith in God. Or, or even experiences, even our own experiences, we've held even above the truth of the word. But not, any, not anymore. I said not anymore. Pray, expect it to happen. Let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. Amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. What else can you do? Well, you can give. Not one amen. You can give. You can give of your time. You can give of your talent. You can give of your treasure. All right? You have things to give. You can be a giver. Look to serve someone, to bless someone. Everybody have a mouth in here? Huh? Yeah. Okay, then you can speak. <laughs> you can speak. You can speak. So say what God says. He's given you a whole book full of promises. Promises about you. To say what God says. To confess His word. Amen. These are things that you can do. And don't quit. Don't quit. Have that Shamgar spirit. Hmm? Don't you know that somewhere along the way with that ox goat and 600 fighting warriors, he was tempted to quit this deal. Don't you know he got tired? Don't you know he thought, when, the, when will they ever stop? Is there an end to this? It's okay to fail, but it's never okay to quit. All right? Failure is not the end. And you're not finished just because you fail. You're finished when you quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Start where you are. Use what you have and do what you can. And expect God to get in on that with you because he is in it with you. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, ever. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this good word. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that is found in the simplicity of your word. Lord, I pray for these that are here today, whatever they have need of, God, that you will meet their needs, supply their needs according to your riches and glory, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that they could ask or think. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for helping these here today who need help, for miracles and for your supernatural intervention in the natural course of life. Do what only you can do in moments like this. Thank you, God, that you're not depending on our circumstances in order for how you're going to move or, or help. No, 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 no. You're not bound by that. You're greater than all of it. And I thank you for being a very present help in time of trouble. Always faithful. Even when we're faithless, you remain faithful.
because you cannot deny yourself. Thank you, Lord. I want you to just pray today where you're sitting right now and just make a, just make a fresh commitment to the Lord. Lord, I'm going to start where I am. I'm, I'm going to stop wishing I was somewhere else before I do something. I'm going to start where I am. And where I am is right here, right now. I'm going to start where I am. And I'm going to use what I have. I'm going to stop wishing for other things or other people's stuff. I know you've given me, show it to me. Help me to see it as you did to Moses. Help me to see it. And I promise you, Lord, I'll use it for your glory. I'll use what I have. And also, I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. And that's all you ask. That's all you expect. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and with that, my family, expect miracles. Expect it. Expect God's help in this. Expect Him to show up in your life big time. Amen, because that's what He loves to do. Jesus said, the kingdom is within you. Whew, that's good news. Hallelujah. I, I asked the earlier service this, and so I want to ask this service as well. I want to give you an opportunity today to receive prayer for healing. If you're suffering in your body in any way, I want you to just raise your hand where you're sitting, please. And we're going to agree with you right now for healing to come, healing to manifest in your body. If you hold your hand up for just a moment, I want to see those around. If you look around, my family, if you see someone with their hand up, could you please just lay your hand on them, all right? We believe in laying our hands on the sick. The scripture says they will recover. They will. Lord, we thank you right now that you sent your word and you healed these and you delivered them from their destruction. We declare that no evil shall befall them and no plague shall come near their dwelling. You give your angels charge over them to keep them in all their ways. Hallelujah. Thank you that no weapon formed against them will prosper. Every tongue that rises against them in judgment, they shall condemn. Bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease and who redeems your life from destruction. Surely he has borne your sickness and disease and malady and calamity and carried your pains. And with his stripes you are healed in Jesus' name. We declare the living word of God. Thank you right now that these bodies are receiving the full impact of that. We declare a healing invasion to invade every tissue, every cell, every fiber of their being in Jesus' name and obliterate and destroy everything that is not of God, everything that is not according to life in Jesus' name. Thank you right now for it. We believe for a speedy recovery in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Don't forget to take this message where you go. Start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. Don't forget to carry this message and to declare this message that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and he rose again the third day from the dead. And whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. This is the news the world is sighing, dying, and crying to hear. Amen. You have the mouth. Do what you can. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.